some godly people who exercise regularly and eat well drop dead at every age, and some sedentary overeaters live to be 90. Our days are set by God, not us. You won't live a day longer or shorter than God decides, but keep in mind that some people have survived the plunge over Niagara Falls. That doesn't make it wise. John Piper Hello friends and welcome back to the Life Giving Home podcast. Today, as you could maybe tell from the opener, the topic of this episode is physical wellness. To be fully honest, I have kind of just been sitting for quite a while in front of my computer and microphone not knowing how to start, not exactly knowing what to say, because this is really a personal and sensitive topic for a lot of people. And at the same time, I think that we really do need to talk about it because since it is sensitive, sometimes we avoid the topic when there can be sin issues involved and the choices we make surrounding our physical well-being can very much impact the ability that we have to serve the Lord. It can impact the ways in which we serve at our home, play with our children, serve in the church, serve others outside of the church and all kinds of other things. So we do know that our physical well-being is going to have an impact on how we can serve the Lord. So to ignore it simply because it can be touchy, I think it's not our best bet. Now, I guess I could start by sharing a little bit about my own personal journey in fitness, wellness, healthy eating, whatever you might call it. Um, Growing up, I was an athlete and I trained a lot. So I was very physically active, but I didn't really eat the best. Not the worst, but not the best. I kind of just ate what I wanted and didn't really give too much thought about it. And after I finished being in sports, my life became much more sedentary. I mean, it would be very hard to replicate the amount of hours that I was training in a general normal life. And so when I, yeah, when I stopped training... I didn't really eat very well, and so my my weight just increased. And then I went to a year of Bible college here in the city, and I made friends with the right crowd of wrong eaters. And so it was really such a great friendship and wonderful time of edification. The only problem was we had those times sitting at McDonald's because it was open 24 hours. And so we would just go and get our number one combos with um, Diet Coke, because look, we're trying to be healthy, and there's free refills on that. Or sometimes we just go for pies and fries, and then we're there until midnight, one, two, three, four. Didn't really matter. We were there, and we were having the best time and the worst food. I also worked at Second Cup, a coffee shop here. Uh, at the same time and would wake up early, go to work, and you can eat the day-old pastries and muffins. And so you had these muffins that were healthy in name only, and they're just hundreds and hundreds of calories and super delicious. The carrot muffin with the cream cheese, mmm, that was so good. Um, But yeah, just terrible. And these sugary drinks. And so my weight suffered even more. And some of us started going to a gym together and that was really great, but I struggled to lose weight. My overeating was a terrible blind spot. 
And I couldn't understand why I could be at the gym, you know, four or five times a week and not lose a single pound. I remember going to the doctor and just for a normal checkup and my BMI was around 28. And so that is overweight. 30 or greater is obese. And so I was quite heavy and I remember just talking to her and being like, I don't know why I'm working out and these different things. And she was like, maybe you eat too many eggs because you know how the, uh, the establishment always flip flops on if eggs are good, eggs are good, eggs are bad, eggs are good, eggs are bad. So I guess at that point it was bad. So she thought since I eat two or three eggs for breakfast, maybe it's the eggs, but it was actually because I was eating McDonald's staying up way too late and scarfing down cake muffins and chasing it with, you know, three or 400 calorie fancy coffee drinks. So it's obvious to see in retrospect why I wasn't losing weight. But at the time, it was just a blind spot. And so I just carried on and didn't lose weight. And it really did impact my confidence I really always felt a bit inferior and that obviously was rooted largely in my just lack of awareness and confidence in who I was in Christ. And so these are obviously, you can't separate our view of ourselves in Christ from, you know, our view of ourselves physically. And we shouldn't because our our value in Christ does not change based on whether your BMI is 28 or not. Um, but it is very common that we are going to yeah, judge our whole selves by our external selves. So anyway, I just really struggled in a couple of ways because of my weight. I had other things also that just from growing up were really impacting my lack of confidence and um, just thinking that I'm worth anything. Um, even as a believer, I just really struggled to view that. I had dramatically improved. Anyway, this is kind of getting off track. Back to the topic. So anyway, I there I was working out, eating a ton of stuff, total blind spot, and just being really fat. And so that's just kind of how it was. And then I went to Zambia. And honestly, I lost a lot of weight just from being sick. I had malaria a number of times and some other illnesses that we never knew what they were. And so honestly, I just lost a lot of weight from being sick and then also from diet, not because I was making intentional diet choices, but just based on what was available and having no fridge and no kitchen access and no McDonald's. And so just lifestyle changed a lot, not necessarily because of any like intentional choices I made pertaining to that, but just simply moving and having those things no longer there. And I mean, also just walking as a method of transportation and just all of those things combined, I lost a lot of weight, but I still wasn't really that intentional with, um, with my physical health. I remember coming back to Canada after one of my first larger times in Zambia and I came back and everyone's like, wow, you look great. You're looking so great because I had lost all of this weight, but I would gain a bunch of weight back when I was in Canada just because now all of these vices that I had are there again. And I actually had an addiction to food and I just didn't realize it. And so there I would be eating all of these things that are really unhealthy for me. 
And then I would go back to Zambia and there um, it's actually more attractive to be fat. So I actually remember joking to one of my friends that, oh, it's so nice. There I lose weight. I come back and I'm like, you know, people are like, you look great. And here I gain weight. Then I go back to Zambia and people are like, you look great. I remember being at an orphanage one time and one of the children looks at me and says, uh, auntie, I want to be like you when I grow up. And I said, oh, why, what do you mean? What do you like? Why do you want to be like me? And he says, auntie, because you are very fat. And then he looks at my friend and he says, I don't want to be like her. She's thin, but you are very fat. I would like to be like you. And honestly, being in the culture in Zambia was actually really helpful for me to just see that, yeah, the way that people are going to perceive you can change and it's different. And yeah, so I kind of got used to just being the fat person, even though compared to what I was, I was really no longer fat. Um, but through being there, I did lose a lot of weight, not in exclusively the best ways, but it is what it is. And it wasn't really until I started looking into um, food things because of some health issues that my husband and I had. I got married somewhere in that story um, and started looking into more about, you know, food's role in the body. And so it wasn't immediate, but slowly after time of researching and just slowly making better choices for the foods that we were eating, we did find we were feeling a lot better um, there were other things that we needed to do to help my husband's health. But yeah, so we did a lot of changes from what we were eating. And these weren't choices because of weight loss or anything like that. It was really just that we really struggled with our health and needed to get some things in order. So we started making changes, adding a lot more vegetables, reducing a lot of junk food, um, not eating at McDonald's. Not that we did a ton necessarily, but you know, McDonald's isn't really human food, it's quasi-food. And so, you know, because it's convenient, we eat it, but that's kind of the only reason. So we stopped eating things like that and, you know, just reducing junk food and just replacing it with things that are better. And it made a world of difference in how we felt and me being able to lose weight in a healthy way. I did also start exercising um, just at home with some like home workout DVDs that have been given to me. And that was also really helpful to contribute to my general health and fitness. Okay, so why share that story? Firstly, because I didn't know how else to start, but I think also because it's helpful to use that as a case study for the other things that I want to bring up. I think that it's really important that when we are thinking about our physical well-being that we can pray and ask the Lord if we have sin in our lives pertaining to that. Am I struggling with gluttony? Because when I look back at my younger self, I did struggle with gluttony quite a bit. And yeah, so gluttony being the habitual greed or excess in eating. I most certainly had that. I was overeating quite substantially and I was not caring for the body that God had given to me. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control, and I was not being self-controlled in my eating. I was just doing what I wanted and just going above and beyond if I felt like it. And um, yeah, scripture tells us not to be mastered by anything, 
But I really was a slave to food. I I had an addiction problem, and I think this isn't something that we often identify as an addiction, but it very frequently can be for people. And so, yeah, I think when I look back, I see that I did have the sin of gluttony. I wasn't being self-controlled. I was mastered by that. And um, yeah, I think that's a good question to ask ourselves. Am I mastered by food? Am I a glutton or am I self-controlled in this area? And this is, I know this is almost like taboo to talk about because in the West, we just have and then eat. And, you know, it's not uncommon to go to some type of gathering and, you know, it was announced everyone bring a snack. And so everyone brings a really wonderful, delicious treat. And then we eat one of all of them and then choose which is our seconds to go back for. And I'm not saying that we can't have treats. You can't treat yourself or something like that. I think that's fine. I don't think that it's a sin to eat a piece of cake if you want to. Like, you know, you obviously are going to have your own things that are sinful or not sinful because this isn't a hard and fast line. Like, you know, 14 grams of white sugar in a white flour cake is acceptable or 18 grams of sugar in a whole wheat cake. You know, it's not like that. You know, this is something that is, it is very personal to each of us. Um, But I think it's, you know, it is very helpful for us to be able to talk openly about it. And, you know, if we're going to go somewhere to have self-control and to think, what am I putting into my body? Is this glorifying to God? Is this good for me? And just to be more thoughtful about those things rather than you go and there's a huge spread of sugary treats and you just eat them all. And, you know, it's actually quite interesting because in our culture, it is much more common to do that than to refrain from just eating all of that stuff. I remember one friend telling a story. She was with a group of people and she didn't want to eat the junk food that was there and everyone else was just happily indulging in it and they made fun of her and they were like, oh yeah, you're just trying to be all healthy. And someone there you know, kind of pause and and said, oh, well, why are we making fun of this person for being healthy? And I think it's quite common that this is kind of the mindset that we have because that's just culture. Treat yourself, indulge. It's for you. You deserve it. But we aren't to be told what to do by culture. We should be led by the Holy Spirit. We should be led by what the Bible is saying and we should have self-control. And so, yeah, I'm really not saying what you do or do not need to to do. And for my friends who are listening to this, I won't judge your next bite that I see you take. But I do think that all I'm saying is we should be just careful and intentional and mindful of what we eat. And to ask the Lord, do I have sin in my life about this? Do I struggle with gluttony? Am I self-controlled? Am I mastered by this? Is my flesh overtaking me on this topic? And then I think another thing is um, to, that we can ask ourselves is, am I using food to manage my emotions? Because I think that is another thing that can be quite common. I can look back to many, many, many times where I was struggling emotionally and so I just wanted to eat junk. And I'm not saying that, you know, you're sad and you want to have a snack. I'm not. Anyway, I don't need to keep qualifying what I'm not saying. 
take take this with give me an extra pinch of grace here when you're listening to this episode because it is yeah it's quite tiptoe but anyway um I think that if our first instinct when we are feeling junky is to go consume junk then I think we can question what is in our hearts you know when we are feeling really horrible what are we going to are we going to Christ are we seeking the Lord in prayer and going to his word to be encouraged? And then after that, are we going to Christian fellowship to be encouraged and prayed for? Or are we just hoping to feel better with some empty calories? Even as I say that, I'm even personally convicted because this is, I think, a constant struggle for a lot of people. I've had a couple of rough things in the last year And, um, yeah, it's definitely a temptation to try to eat my emotions rather than deal with them well. So hopefully if this is resonating with you, it can just, yeah, be something that encourages you to, to go to Christ and even to talk to your spouse or friend or whomever to, yeah, just to confess it or ask for accountability or prayer or what have you. Um, yeah, I think it's very very easy for us to struggle with this. Well, how then shall we eat? That would be a great thing to know. Um, So in the topic of what we should eat, I think it is fairly impossible to answer that question in some ways because it does vary so, so much from person to person on what someone's specific needs are. Um, I know for different ailments, there are different eating plans that can be really beneficial for those things, I know for um, for my husband, when we were researching what his issues were, we found that a paleo diet was really beneficial. And the recovery that my husband did through diet was really quite amazing. And there were different things that we also had added in, but it was really, the diet was such a huge part and paleo was really great. I know for Some people who have had PCOS, a time of doing a whole foods ketogenic diet have been really helpful. Um, I know that for MS, there's a diet that they take out dairy and legumes and other things that I can't remember. But anyway, there are a lot of different diet plans that can help with a lot of different ailments. And so There's some of them have a lot of overlap. Some of them don't. And I think it really is going to depend on what someone's specific needs are. Um, You know, you have the GAPS diet, you have a low nightshades, you have the FODMAP diet, you have the carnivore diet, you know. Um, There are people who have needed to do those different things and it has helped them thrive in their health. I think as a general principle... Um, that what we should aim to do is eat real food. I think that it has become so easy in a Western urbanized setting to just eat out of convenience, to purchase things at a store that are convenient, drive throughs that are convenient. And a lot of those things are so far from what God actually is causing to grow in creation. And a lot of them are nutrient depleted or have a lot of harmful additives And so I think it's worth looking into and considering. I'm not prescribing any kind of food plan or I'm not going to condemn you if you like tater tots and buy them for your kids, whatever. 
eat your tater tots. But I think it is really helpful if we can just encourage one another to, yeah, be mindful about what we are eating, what we are feeding to our kids, and what it, it may or may not be doing to our bodies. So I think it is very obvious if we can eat um, real food, that is good. Things that are identifiable, things that you can pronounce, things that are less processed and are, yeah, as close as possible to how we find them in nature or in the farmer's field. Beyond that, I don't think I'm really going to say a ton, but I'll just encourage you to sum out some healthier choices when you can. I think sometimes switching our foods or, you know, switching anything over to a healthier version can feel overwhelming. But if we can just make one better choice, it's better. And so I think we don't always need to overhaul everything all at once. Sometimes that's not economically possible. Sometimes that's not mentally possible. Sometimes it's not physically possible. Um, but if we can just, yeah, make better choices where we can, when we can, you know, if you are used to getting a box of a bucket of KFC chicken for supper once a week, we'll switch that to a Costco rotisserie chicken. Or maybe if you are used to getting Costco rotisserie chickens, you want to switch to making them at home. Um, then you're just going to reduce the carrageenan, sugar, and other additives that are added to that chicken, which are going to be better than eating KFC. Um, but yeah, you know, if you can just make a choice that's a little a little better, then that's going to benefit your health. It's going to benefit your family. And it doesn't seem insurmountable to just change one thing. Or maybe it's just adding one more portion of vegetables to your day. If you could eat one more portion of vegetables every day with the micronutrients in there, it's really going to benefit your body. All right, now I'm just going to talk a bit about exercise. I think it's really easy to fall into um, one or two ditches, one or the other ditch, I guess. Um, one ditch being that you are lazy and don't want to work out, you know, or you just don't feel like you have time or whatever it might be. Or the other that you actually can become hyper-focused on working out and your physique. I think that both can be a, a temptation for women, for anyone really. Um, yeah, not everyone needs to have a specific time where they work out. If you have an active lifestyle and you're getting that exercise normally in your life, that's super great. That's actually, I think, more so how the Lord intended it when we, um, yeah, when he created mankind to work the land. And to do that, I think if you have an acreage or homestead and you get a lot of physical work done on your land, that's super awesome. Or maybe your job or your children require that you are doing a lot of physical exercise. I think that's great. Um, that's not my case. I mean, my kids give me some physical exercise, of course, but it's not really enough that my heart rate's raising and um, that I'm getting a good workout unless I'm super intentional to play hard. And I think that can be quite common for moms because we're moving around a lot, but not necessarily getting a ton of exercise with our days. So if it's not coming up naturally in our days, I think it is very important that we schedule it in, that we make a plan, and that we do discipline ourselves and do it. And why do we do it? Well, to practice self-control and to bring our flesh in line, to be disciplined, 
because I find personally that when I'm disciplined in my physical fitness, I can be more disciplined in many areas of my life. And I often find that when my physical exercise is more disciplined, that my, um, my spiritual self is more disciplined. And then another reason why we exercise, if you're a wife, we also exercise so we can be attractive to our husbands. And that's touchy this day and age, you know, don't freak out. But the reality is, is that a fit body is more attractive to a man, just like a fit body is more attractive to a woman. Now, I know that's kind of a faux pas to say, but it doesn't make it less true. Now, obviously, your husband should love you no matter what. You should love your husband no matter what. The Lord loves us no matter what. Nonetheless, it's still true that we should work hard to be attractive for our husbands. We want to serve them in that way. And if you're not married, then it's also helpful to attract a good husband and show that you are disciplined and take care of yourself. Now, hopefully that's not too controversial to say. It feels like it, and I feel uncomfortable saying those things, but I do believe that they are true. That being said, there are also a lot of other reasons to work out. It helps with your energy levels. It helps with your mood. It can help to give better sleep. It um, helps to prevent a lot of ailments and illnesses. It feels good to be strong and active. I remember how it felt to be overweight and how some things just felt like a burden that shouldn't. You know, if I needed to put something upstairs and it just felt like such a burden, such a hassle, that's not really a great way to live versus now I don't mind just quickly zipping up and down to, to put something upstairs or do something. And that's really helpful to my daily life. It's really helpful for playing with my kids. It's really helpful for serving the Lord in a lot of different ways. I have one friend who, when she's talking to her kids about working out, she tells them, we want to take care of our bodies and work out so that we can serve Jesus till we're 100. And I think that's really great. Not that we know that we'll make it to 100. All the healthy food and exercise in the world won't guarantee it. Only the Lord knows how many days we have. But if we can be faithful with what we do have, as diligent as possible, um, it, it is good for us and it can stave off sickness and that's great. Um, but the main thing is that we can be productive for the Lord. I don't want my lifestyle choices to hinder what I can do for the Lord. And when I'm young now, young-ish, mid-30s, it's not necessarily going to be so limiting. But the things that we do right now are going to impact our abilities in the future as well. And we want to be faithful with what we have right now so that we can as far as it is possible for us, just serve the Lord in as many ways as we can, that we can serve our families, serve the people that we work with or go to school with or just interact with in the world, whatever situation you're in. We want to be capable and we want to be capable as long as possible. And so these different lifestyle choices that we make, that really has a big impact on our physical wellness. And so at the end of this 
I'm basically just encouraging us all, including myself, to consider what things we can do better for the glory of the Lord. Um, what things can we do better that we can serve Christ more and with longevity? And then I can just share a couple of resources that have been helpful for me. There are endless fantastic resources, so you probably know a bunch and your friends will know a bunch, but I'll just share what has been helpful for me. If you're looking for more, um, there is a really good book called Sugar Detox Me. It is a recipe book and it just goes over, yeah, a plan to stop your addiction to sugar. A lot of North Americans have an addiction to sugar without realizing it, a physical addiction. And so that is a helpful book to look into. I just borrowed it from the public library. So that's worth looking into. In terms of working out, there are a couple of fantastic trainers on YouTube that I know of. I'm sure there are many more. Two that I really like are Heather Robertson and Caroline Gervin. Gervin, not sure how to say it. But they have a bunch of free workouts on their channels and they have even longer programs you can do, six week, 12 week. There are workouts that are just quick, maybe 15 minutes or up to, I don't know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And you can just do those workouts at home. I do them in my basement and they are really fantastic. I've seen really good results from them. I feel very strong. I feel very capable. And so I just try to work those in five days a week. That's what works for me. And I have really enjoyed doing that. I will mention another um, trainer on YouTube. Her name is Sydney Cummings. She talks during her workouts, which is not my preference. I don't want the trainer on the screen telling me that I've got this because I know that they don't actually know that I got it. So <laughs> it's not my preference. If you like that, go for Sydney Cummings. If you don't, um, Heather Robertson and Caroline Jervin are, their workouts are just music with beeps, which is truly my preference, but all the workouts are just as good. I'll also just quickly mention for pregnant or postpartum workouts, there is a really great website called Expecting and Empowered. They have workouts designed by a, a pair of sisters. One is a nurse and one is a physiotherapist. And so they have really great workouts that are really just careful with the different stages of pregnancy and postpartum. They are paid, so I know that makes them a little less accessible for some people. But even just following on their Instagram, they do put a lot of helpful tips on working out and even just, you know, helping your body in those stages of life. And so I will reference that as well. I found it was very helpful in my pregnancies where I did that. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. I know when you're pregnant, you don't feel like working out. So if you don't, I totally get it. But that is a helpful resource. And then lastly, in terms of a website that's just helpful for natural wellness, things like the diets that I referred to and just tips on helping some different ailments naturally, I will just reference drjockers.com. It is a helpful website and podcast where there's just a lot of information about, yeah, just helping different things with diet and so that's a good starting off point if you are interested in looking more into things. There are many different websites and I'm not saying that this is the only one or the best one or anything like that. It's just one that might be helpful if you're just starting to look into it. Well, that's all I have for this episode. I hope that this could be encouraging you. 
as you seek to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. I hope that this can help you to do that even better. Um, Thanks so much for joining me on the Life Giving Home podcast, and I look forward to being back here next week. 